0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of IJDHTF where we are talking about Stranger Things Season 4, Episodes 4 and 5.
1: Indeed. And this episode is probably my favorite so far.
0: So far, like, out of all four seasons or just of this season?
1: Just of this season. Okay. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because the last three episodes have been fantastic.
0: I know that this episode, when I was looking at, like, the Metacritic ratings, had, like, a 10 out of 10. Like, everyone was obsessed with this episode. Yeah. Okay, so this kicks off with the colleagues of Dr. Owens are going to, like, Will and Jonathan's house. Because, you know, Joyce is away trying to get Hopper back. Right. But Dr. Owens, like, colleagues end up going and they inform Will, Jonathan, and Mike that Eleven is getting her powers back, and things are going haywire in Hawkins. But
1: they're there. To they need. Them.
0: They need to stay there. Can't let anyone know what's going on. Yeah. Don't contact anybody. So they're just kind of having to hunker down there in California, even though they're like, we have to figure out where Elle is. We have to do all these things. But like, realistically, like that just causes more problems if they try to do something. So then back in Hawkins, Max is trying to tell the friends about her visions and the clock and how she's been having the same symptoms as Chrissy and Fred. And now she's scared because she saw the clock that night that she likely only has about 24 hours to live.
1: And so she like starts writing these notes.
0: Yeah, she's like sitting down just writing, 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 writing. And everyone is like, what is she doing? And then she does end up giving each of the friends... A letter, she goes and gives her mom a letter. And when she gives her mom the letter, she then has like a flash to Vecna.
1: Who's like, it's almost time.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, you're guilty, blah, blah. Like, you know how like he's guilt tripping basically yeah. everybody? So she's having like more and more visions of Vecna and the clock and like knows that her time is coming to an end, which would be really, really stressful. So then bouncing over to Lucas, Lucas is at the school and he's like, he realizes that they're looking for Dustin and Eddie.
1: Well, he also starts to realize that like, this is like, he wanted to blend in and be cool kid. And then now things are looking, getting pretty serious.
0: Well, and protecting his like OG friends to him at this point is more important than being cool.
1: Yeah, like he's finally coming around.
0: So Jason ends up going to Lucas's house and he finds Erica there and is like, oh, like, are you the sister that plays in that cult group with Eddie? You play D&D with Eddie? Erica is basically like, you know, Lucas is like the biggest D&D nerd of all time. Like him and Dustin and Mike are just the biggest D&D nerds. And this is kind of where Jason is kind of like, what? Like, what do you mean? I thought he was on our side. So... They end up flipping through the yearbook later on and realizing that, you know, Lucas was part of that Hellfire Club.
1: Yeah. I mean, they realized that because his sister is like...
0: Ratted him out basically. On she's yeah. She's like,
1: tell him he owes me 50 bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, they're still on, like, that witch hunt. And Steve, Dustin, and Lucas are kind of trying to piece together how Victor Creel was able to survive Vecna's curse in the 50s. And then he was, like, dormant for 30 years. So while Max is off writing that, they're trying to figure it out. But, you know, Nancy and Robin are there to take charge. And they're going to find out the information.
1: By going directly to the source.
0: Yeah, they're like, we're going to go see Victor Creel. So they go to the asylum. They pretend they're students and like getting their doctorates or masters or whatever in psychology. And somehow they're able to g- like get their way in because Robin has like a meltdown and is like, they never take women seriously in this profession. Yeah. Like I'm wearing this dress that's so uncomfortable and I have to come here and pretend that, that like I'm something I'm not just so you'll take me seriously. And then like has this meltdown and then he's like, you're right. Yeah. People don't take women seriously in psychology. Kind so. of guilts
1: out the the headmaster or whatever you want to call him.
0: Yeah. So they end up getting ten minutes with Victor Creel to ask some questions. And the biggest takeaway from this is one, he has no eyes. Right? Like he, he gashed, scratched them out.
1: Yeah, he gashed his eyes out.
0: And two, when he had moved into the new house with his family, that's when things started got going kind of like haywire, like a lot of paranormal stuff kept happening. And then he watched his wife die and then was kind of, like, sucked into Vecna's...
1: Well, he watched his kid die, too.
0: No, he didn't actually see his children die. But he saw them, like, being manipulated. He ends up being in Vecna's lair, whatever, the Upside Down. He ends up getting out because there was a song on the radio that drew him back in his favorite song. And when he returns, one child is in a coma, and the other one was, like, completely snapped and, like, drained like the others.
1: Yeah. And so they kind of catch on, and they're like, oh.
0: The music. What was
1: the angel that brought you back kind of thing? Because he said, oh, and then it's Angel's voice. Mm -hmm. And then he basically told him the song that brought him back.
0: Well, he kept humming. Yeah. Oh, he
1: didn't say it. He just hummed it. Yeah.
0: And then they're like, music, music. So they get a hold of Dustin and Lucas and everyone on the walkie talkie and are like, you have to like find her favorite song. You have to find Max's favorite song. Which
1: is scary because at the exact time that they find this out, it's like a race against time. Max is actually going into like a that, trance.
0: Yeah, she's like in that trance. She's levitating. Lucas, luckily because they've been dating, knew what her favorite song was, put it on her headphones. She levitated up, and that was actually what ended up drawing her. Like, this episode ends with her, like, running out of, like, away from Vecna back into reality, like the normal, the right side up.
1: Yeah, they do figure it out. Uh, There is another key plot point that's happening as this is going on, and that's Hopper. Yes, and he is doing the escape, and it seems to be going really, really well. Uh, Basically, he takes out a couple guards. I mean, it doesn't go.
0: He blew up an entire. (laughs) Yeah, he blows up like an arsenal,
1: arsenal uh, room, and kills like a few Russian guards. But he does event. uh, He does you know get away on a on a ski mobile. And then. Yuri. Let's talk about Yuri.
0: (laughs) Yuri. Yuri's just in it for the money.
1: What makes you say that?
0: Because, well, he ends up screwing them over. He ends up giving away Hopper's location at the end of the episode. And so Hopper is found. He gives away the guard that helped him. So now he's in prison. And he was like, and I have these Americans. So he drugged Joyce and Murray. Right. Because he's like, I'm going to get money from all sides here. Like, I got their money and now I can sell them and get more money.
1: Like, he drugged them so that he could take them to Russia and, like, drop them off at the prison or whatever. Yeah,
0: Exactly. So, So Yuri has double-crossed absolutely everyone at this point.
1: And this episode basically ends with a bunch of troops storming in on Hopper. Yeah, Because he made it to the safe house where he was waiting for Yuri. Basically, Yuri is like the lowest of the scum like he traded because a smuggler is supposed to be like kind of reliable, you know?
0: So something else I do want to touch on the app in this episode is I mentioned in California, they had like the colleagues of Dr. Owens there. They had to hunker down while they decide they're going to call and get some pizza from Argyle and they're going to escape. But right before Argyle pulls up a bunch of, Agents come in and start shooting.
1: They actually look like military, so I'm assuming that it's U.S. military. They're the
0: same ones that had broken into Dr. Owens' house and ransacked the whole thing looking for info. Yeah, so it's so, like
1: FBI, military, like one of those people. I'm not sure which one.
0: Yeah, so they roll in. Lots of people get shot. One of those people is Dr. Owens. They throw Dr. Owens in the back of Argyle's van, and they drive off. And that's kind of where we leave off on that storyline is... They have Dr. Owens in the car. He's bleeding out. Or not Dr. Owens, but his main
1: his colleague, like
0: his right-hand man who was watching Secret
1: them. agent, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Yeah.
0: So the main agent that was left there with them is bleeding out in Argyle's van. Argyle is like, what in the world is going on? Like, he has no clue.
1: Yeah. And Max is able to free herself from Reckna's cast
0: Well, I mean, at the end of this episode, we think... We think so. It literally ends off with her like running right through.
1: Which she's listening to the song Running Up That Hill.
0: Running Up The Hill. By
1: by, Kate Bush.
0: Yes. And I actually heard that Kate Bush, she wrote the song, she produced the song, she owns all the rights to the song. So this came out in what, 1985, 1986. Oh. And since Stranger Things, this episode came out, she has been making over a million dollars a week off of streams and downloads of this song. Dang. Like 35 years after it's released. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right.
1: So we're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and then we will be right back with episode five.
0: Our next partner has a product that is a daily staple in our lives, and that is AG1. We started taking AG1 because we really wanted a supplement that actually tastes good. I know we have taken a lot of supplements over the years, and a lot of times I'll try it once or twice and be like, oh, this tastes like chalk. This is absolutely disgusting. And AG1 really fixes that problem because it tastes delicious. And with AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens which is incredible. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, this fits in with your diet. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes good. And it supports better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity, alertness. And when you start your subscription, you get a whole year supply of vitamin D, which is super important to add in those winter months or months that you don't get as much sunlight And I know we were just up North and it was rainy in the middle of summer. So even though it's summertime, you may not be getting all of that vitamin D that you really need and it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. And that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 1-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com/time. Again, that is athleticgreens.com/time to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back! Thanks for listening to episode four and a little bit about our sponsor. And now we are going to recap episode five, which begins with Argyle driving the van. The boys are in the back.
1: Basically, just had a big shootout. They've got a uh, agent that's got a you know bullet in his
0: stomach. Yeah. So uh, in his last moments, they're trying to get any kind of information like where's Elle? What should we do? Where we can we find him? And he said to find Nina and they said what's Nina's number write it down write it down and then he dies before writing anything down so the only thing they have to go off of is the name Nina
1: yeah so they bury the agent uh Argyle's having kind of a meltdown so they tell him to take a toke
0: basically which he's always high but they do they tell him to take a toke and then they kind of like walk him through yeah what's happened thus far so then we see dr owens getting to the facility with l and they go down 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 underneath the ground and who's in the facility
1: dr, dr. Brenner.
0: and this is when we're like what dr Brenner's still alive we thought dr brenner died like last season like what so 11 is like super uncomfortable and like you're seeing all these flashbacks of like her past traumas Basically, she loses it. She just, like, tries to run out. But you're way underground. Where are you going to go?
1: Yeah. And, like, they basically have some guards waiting for her. They grab her. They sedate her. And she begins her journey to regain her powers.
0: Yeah. So they have, like, her in, like, this flotation room in water with a bunch of little things on her brain to, like, track brain activity. And they're obviously... Trying to put specific memories and traumas into her to trigger those powers. It's like virtual
1: reality, but more real. It's like dreaming. So
0: Well, it's like she can see her past self in different scenarios, but then she's also there in her current self.
1: Yeah, and they're basically like, play along.
0: And there's one, like orderly, I guess is what you would call them, who keeps saying, oh... We missed you at breakfast or whatever it was. And Lindsay he kept saying the same like, line over and over and over again. And Lindsay
1: was like, that's a bad guy.
0: Well, yeah. Like, there's something about him that's so creepy. And I'm like, they would not have pushed him saying that so many times. And her being so uncomfortable with that so many I'm times. I'm actually
1: curious as to what happened to that guy. Because uh, this is the first time I've seen him.
0: I know. So, I'm really curious, too. I think we're, I think that we're going to see more of him in this season. Because, like... It creeped me out a little bit, and I was like, "This guy is bad news." So, that's something I think we're going to want to look out for. And then in Russia, we see Hopper, who's being like tormented. He's being punished because you know his failed escape plan, and he's in right next to Antonov, the guard who, who tried to was help. Was betrayed
1: him. by Olaf.
0: Yeah. So, and
1: there's a monster noise. They notice.
0: Yes. Which if you remember at the very beginning of this season, the Russians had some, had like a demigorgon, some sort of monster it's from the
1: Netherland or wherever
0: the upside down upside
1: down. Yeah, <laughs> And
0: they had something said something along the lines of like, Oh, put it in with the American. So I think they are using the like monsters from the upside down to like practice torture on like. Americans and other bad guys.
1: Yeah, and basically Hopper's new friend, uh, Antoine, is that how you say it? He basically says that you know, that his Joyce and Maury that were gonna save him are now being brought, you know, to mm-hmm. them. And he's like, ugh. So basically Hopper thinks he has condemned them to death.
0: And he's like, I thought you said we could trust Yuri. You said Yuri was super trustworthy. Like, what happened? And he's like, well, he did seem trustworthy until he wasn't.
1: Yeah. And I actually feel bad for the guard because, you know, he's just just trying to do business.
0: So then let's talk about Eddie for a second because we haven't seen Eddie for a while. Eddie's
1: like been popping in and out of episodes, but he's never he hasn't had like a long run.
0: So, he's still hiding out. He contacts Dustin for more food, but Dustin doesn't hear him. And then Jason and the bad boys end up showing up.
1: I I do not know how they found uh, that house, but I imagine that they probably knew the drug dealer and they were, like, just checking.
0: Well, they said something about, like, oh, it looks like Rick has had company. So, they must have kind of done the same track back that, like, Dustin and everyone did where they called around and said... Oh, like, who does he hang out with? Who are his friends? And, like, we're able to track to Reefer Rick's house.
1: Which is weird that, like, all these kids are finding him before the police.
0: Yeah. So basically, he sees them. He ends up getting out of the boathouse and taking a boat out into the middle of the river. And while, he, or the middle of the lake, and while he's boating out there, Jason jumps in and is trying to like get to him.
1: And a boy of the one of his buddies jumps in who also has been having visions. Yeah, so
0: Patrick it. is like right on the edge of the water and then just like loses it. He like goes up. He has like all the snapping. He so, like goes
1: into the water and then Yeah. Beck and his curse sucks him under and then shoots him up. It's pretty
0: pretty nutty. Yeah. So at this point, Jason has now seen it happen. And it seems like he still thinks that Eddie is behind it.
1: Like, I don't know. It They kind of cut the scene at mm-hmm. that point. So I don't know if he is going to be kind of like humbled by it and be like, oh, no, something bigger is going on. Or if he's going to be like, what?
0: This cult what?
1: is so Because, you know, Jason doesn't really believe in curses. You know, mm-hmm. like he just thinks that these are dumb kids and that his um,
0: girlfriend was killed was by. Was murdered. Yeah. yeah.
1: So he now has, like, he's going to have this, like, crisis where, like, he either has to believe the curse is real, and then he has another decision to make whether, you know, Dustin, because I'm sure Dustin is going to be trying to tell him the truth, you know. And so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, because uh, Dustin does fall in the water, and so he's in a real bad spot now.
0: Yes. So back to Hopper. Not to jump around too much, but we do find out that he believes that he was cursed when he was 18 years old because he had had to deal with a lot of, like, Agent Orange when he was in Vietnam, and that led to, like, the death of his daughter or his daughter being really sick. And so,
1: he's he, dealing with his own curse in a weird way.
0: And it makes me hope that Vecna doesn't go after Hopper this season because he has been going after people that are, like, mentally feeling a lot of guilt.
1: Right. Uh... Although, most of the people he's been going after are kids. And Hopper's, like, pretty mentally strong. In comparison to, like, a teenager. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that would be... He would have to, like, go through a few mental roadblocks.
0: So then we see Nancy, Robin, Lucas, Max, Dustin, and Steve all go to Victor Creel's abandoned house to look for more clues. And they realize that, like, the lights flicker when Victor Creel is... Or not Victor. Yes. Victor yeah. Creel. Or Vecna. Vecna. When Vecna's in Victor Creel's house, when he's around, the lights flicker, like, on like the upside down. Like, they can down.
1: see. So, they turn the lights off, and they can the lights will naturally, like, be powered. Because Vecna is creating such enormous power on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, having an, a, an impact. Kind of like when you go into, like, a haunted house, and, like, the lights flicker. It's kind of like that type of thing. Yeah. But with more explanation as to what's going on. Like, because... Like, there's he's, so much power. Yeah, he's, like, absorbing these... You know, I, I want to say these people, right?
0: Well, and because Patrick had just been taken, he gets that giant surge of power from taking Patrick.
1: Yeah, and if you remember when Max went into, like, the dream state, mm-hmm. the trance, she was actually went to... Fekna's location at Victor Creel's house and she saw the two people that he had killed were mm. like absorbed into pods. So he's like feeding on those people. So I wonder if the like curse is like a bigger thing where once he gets enough people, you know, in the pods, he'll have energy to open maybe a gate or like...
0: Well, because you know, something at this point something the only worse. person we know of that can open and close the gate to the upside down is L. Right. But at some point, someone else is going to be strong enough to open and close those gates.
1: Well, you have to think also, like they, the other side, upside down world, they may have not even known that a gate was possible. Like they could have just been like seeping through, you know? And so now that they know there's a gate, that's like a more direct way to get stuff through.
0: So then... Back in California, Mike, Will, and Jonathan call the number from the agent's PIN because they realize that he has a PIN that has a number on it, but when they call, they realize that they're not calling a phone, but they're calling a computer, which is like a throwback to war games, kind of. Um, So they're like, we can't figure out what this means unless we have a hacker. Good thing Dustin has a girlfriend named Susie in Salt Lake City. All right. And, you know, she's been hacking his grades and stuff for months, so... It looks like Mike will and Jonathan, along with Argyle, are on their way to Salt Lake City,
1: yep, and there yeah. is
0: there's some, some romance, trouble.
1: yeah, some he's
0: like, there's some trouble, and I'm like there's romance romance
1: trouble, yeah,
0: um, so we see a little more about how Steve still has a flame burning for Nancy. And he's kind of like, oh, I know you're still dating Jonathan, but I'd love for us to all like hang out like Robin and Jonathan and you and me and all of this. But then the lights start flickering again. The moment is gone, but they're definitely setting it up for Steve and Nancy to like rekindle their relationship.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about Yuri for a minute because at the very end, no, this is good. At the very end of the episode... Guess who wakes up?
0: Well, Murray and Joyce are find themselves on a plane. Right. And Joyce is very smart.
1: She's like she she finds out that he can't hear them because, because he has headphones on. And the plane is so loud. So she like knocks over a crate and like breaks some glass and she's like cutting the bonds.
0: And then probably the best part of the entire episode, Yuri hears them and Murray you know, is like, I'm going to use my Kung Fu skills or whatever. Yeah. And, um,
1: but he was at the first, he wasn't confident. He was like, I've never, I have a confession. I've never actually used these on anyone except for a 13 year old
0: that like I taught them to like, he was yeah. like, teaching lessons or whatever. So he ends up actually using his skills and they end up
1: saving the day. Beating yeah. Yuri.
0: So it was pretty, it was a pretty crazy fight scene.
1: I found it kind of fun. Yeah. That was a great, great way to end the episode. We needed like a little breath of light coming through, you know?
0: Yeah. So we have what, two more episodes of the first half of the season. And then on, or one episode for us, because we do two per episode. And then July 1st, the last two episodes of the season are dropping. Yeah. So we'll be on it. Pumped about that. So we will talk to you next week for episodes six and seven.